0: Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This is a weekly podcast with new episodes every Sunday and Monday morning. The inspiration for this podcast was a desire to talk about things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, 3 years ago, or yesterday. After listening to this episode, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. Rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sponsoring this podcast with a monthly donation by clicking the link in my Instagram bio at Love Letters and Mixtapes or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode. I want to open this episode with a quote from Clarissa Pinkola Estes. In her book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, she said, What must I give more death to today, in order to generate more life? What do I know should die, but am hesitant to allow to do so? What must die in order for me to love? What not beauty do I fear? Of what use is the power of the not-beautiful to me today? What should die today? What should live? What am I afraid to give birth to? If not now, when? And I wanted to open with that quote because it really just gets right to the heart of the matter. And it does so in a very clear and vulnerable way. While also perfectly capturing the topic for today. And that is balancing our fear with knowing that we will be okay no matter what. If you listened to yesterday's episode, you know that I recorded it outside in the sunshine, sitting by a river. And I have to tell you that I wish I was back there, especially to talk about this topic. Because for me personally, there is nothing that brings me back to myself, to my center, to my core more than being in nature nature is my mirror and it's a constant reminder of the perfect timing and unfolding of every single thing in the universe and it's so easy to get caught up in our fear when we're separated from a world that gets born lives dies and is reborn in a perfect cycle we get stuck in our heads we get stuck in our own thoughts stuck in the past, on our worries, our insecurities, our job titles, our relationships, our limitations. And then we begin to brace against the very natural life cycles of things. And that can look like all sorts of things, and I have no idea what it looks like for you, but it can look like negative self-talk. It can look like imposter syndrome. It can look like cutting ourselves off from a situation before it even begins, self-sabotaging, or this fixed belief that life has passed us by, or that all will ever be is what we were. And when we finally step away from that rigid thinking just for a moment and place ourselves in situations where we witness the life cycle of the world around us, we're almost gently reminded that all of this, everything, is happening right on time. And then, of course, we snap back to our rigid thinking, because the pull of our fears are just so strong. Fear tells an incredible story. It's the most creative choose-your-own-adventure story in reverse. Because instead of options, fear lists all of our limitations. And we listen because fear is telling us a story that we know very well. Fear is telling us that we are not good enough. Fear is telling us that we don't have enough or we won't get enough. And fear is telling us that something we have, something we love, it'll be taken from us. Fear is almost like that one family member who knows just how to push your buttons, they go right to the sensitive spot and they press into us until we're propelled into reactivity. And all of our rational thinking leaves the chat. All of a sudden, everything that would tell us not to listen to them, not to get sucked in, it's gone. We can't even connect with it because the pain of our fear is so exquisite and we end up reacting anyway. And our fear changes outfits all the time. Maybe today we have fears of being seen or known, and it can be the exact thing that we want, the thing that we know we want, the thing that we feel like we need, and yet when it's right there in front of us, we immediately and instinctively run from it. Maybe we have fears of the unknown And that fear story can sound like if I don't know what's going on, then something must be wrong. And that my only options are the things that I can already plan out and think about. Nothing outside of me or beyond me can actually occur. Maybe we have fears about change and letting go. And that story can sound like, yes, you're uncomfortable. Yes, you're in pain. Yes, you really do want something else, but you better stick with what you know, because the unknown may just kill you. And are we avoiding situations, experiences, or people that will force us to tell the truth about something, or make a change that we just don't feel like making yet? Maybe we have fears about being disliked. And so we diminish ourselves in order to be more acceptable or more attractive to others. Because the story we tell ourselves is that if anyone ever really got close to us, really spent time with us, really knew us, then they wouldn't love us. They wouldn't like us. And so we'll take a whole bunch of less than something instead of going for the whole thing that we want. Maybe fear prevents us from living out loud and saying what needs to be said. It prevents us from communicating what is in our hearts, what we want, what we need, where we want to be, or what we want to do. And so we pay a high price in exchange for our silence. We pay in limitation, stagnation, and isolation. And what we really need in these moments is the reminder that our power will begin to take root as the direct result of an articulated truth. The story of fear is a story of limited vision and distorted perception. And when we can take a pause in moments of contraction and remind ourselves that we are just human and limited vision and distorted perception were part of the starter pack that we came here with. Maybe if we can do that, we can make room for some energy greater than us to continue doing what it has always done in the world around us and in perfect harmony. I mean, how often are we actually preventing things from happening that were going to happen anyway? And that's where we spend our energy instead of prepping for the next right thing. How often have we all had experiences in our lives that we thought we could never survive? Things that we thought we would never come back from. Relationships we thought we could not live without. Moments that we thought would define us as our absolute lowest. And then here we are, continuing to exist and learn and grow and show up in the stream of life. I used to do a lot of birth work when I lived in Los Angeles. And whenever I had an initial consultation with birthing people, I would ask them to tell me about moments in their life where they felt incredibly brave times when they really had to go inward and really dig deep and move through something difficult. And what I know is that every single one of us has those stories, and we forget about them until we're invited to remind ourselves that we've done this before. Maybe we haven't been in this exact situation, but we've called upon our courage. We have rebirthed before. And it's always those moments that, We cannot believe we survived, where we find ourselves on the other side of them, not only surviving, but thriving in so many ways. In St. Paul's letter to the Romans, he wrote, We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And I've always loved that line. It just really resonated with me because it reminds me that Every single thing that we go through is a natural process, even when it feels like it can't possibly be okay, just like the contractions and labor pains. Another thing that I would talk about a lot in birth work, and actually in hospice work, believe it or not, is that birth is messy. And I'm not just talking about physical childbirth, I'm talking about getting born again at any time in our lives whether we're doing it at 20 or 30 or 50 or 60 that rebirth is messy and there are so many parallels between that and childbirth it's painful it's so painful you have this life that you're living and you think i've got everything on lock i understand everything i know the name of everything i know exactly what i'm supposed to do and then all of a sudden Life walks in and turns everything upside down. And it hurts because you almost feel like you got tricked, right? That's a story of fear that we tell ourselves. We got tricked. I thought life was going to be this way. And it turns out going in a completely different direction. But that pain is actually just waking us up. And we think it's waking us up to limitation, but it's actually waking us up to possibility. Another thing that happens in childbirth is during labor, there's always this point where the laboring person is just exhausted. They've been pushing, they've been contracting. It's been just so draining and they're just ready for it to happen. And they're at that point where they feel like it's about to happen. The baby's coming any second and all of a sudden everything stops their body stops. It's almost as if everyone stops breathing. And without fail, at that point, the birthing person would turn to me and there'd be this wave of fear that hits them. Like, is everything okay? I I thought this was about to happen. What's going on? And it's so funny. It's just life taking us by surprise and giving us a moment of pause before we launch into this new dimension of our lives. And that pause, whether it's 20 minutes or 30 minutes, generally happens right before the baby's born. And I think about that and the parallels in my own life when I am at that precipice of rebirth and everything's going full speed and all of a sudden everything just stops and I look around and I think something must be wrong because I didn't know that this was about to happen or I didn't know that I wouldn't have what I need or I'm uncomfortable, you know, and being uncomfortable definitely means certain death in our heads so often, right? But that moment of pause is where we gather our strength and we redirect our energies because This birth, again, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual or mental, it's the death of our old life. You know, for birthing people, they were just going through their lives focused on themselves, completely selfish in the way that we all are. And all of a sudden, this thing happens. And you know it's about to happen. But until it happens, you don't realize what that death is going to feel like. And you don't realize what's on the other side of that death all that new life, and it requires so much of us. It requires complete surrender to the rhythm of natural life. And that seems like something that we would be open to, but it pulls us into this discomfort, this fear, this uncertainty, and how do we respond to all those things, right? In panic, during this rebirth, we're also invited to completely surrender to pain, to growth, to the unknown, and to just trust where it's leading us. And no one can prepare us for these experiences. You know, I've had a million of those experiences in my own life and every single time I find myself at the crossroads and something's about to happen, all that wisdom goes out the window and I think, nope, this must be wrong. Something is wrong. I don't know what's happening. I'm in pain. I'm uncomfortable. I'm being thrown into an experience where I have to be vulnerable or drop into a level of authenticity that I'm just not prepared to touch. You know, all of those things, we know them in our heads. But when we're actually in the moment and it's just the sensory embodied experience, we all forget about it. And so it's calling ourselves back home to being where our feet are and just trusting the process. That's the real work. And it's the best work because maybe it's time for all of us to shift our gaze in the direction of our next birth. There's this reading that I've definitely shared on this podcast in the past. I used to share it a lot when I led yoga classes and it's by Mark Nepo and he said, When in the midst of a great change, it is helpful to remember how a chick is born. From the view of the chick, it is a terrifying struggle. Confined and curled in a dark shell, half-formed, the chick eats all of its food and stretches to the contours of its shell. It begins to feel hungry and cramped. Eventually, the chick begins to starve and feel suffocated by the ever-shrinking space of its world finally its own growth begins to crack the shell and the world as the chick knows it is coming to an end its sky is falling as the chick wriggles through the cracks it begins to eat its shell in that moment growing but fragile starving and cramped it's world breaking the chick must feel like it's dying Yet once everything it is relied on falls away, the chick is born. It doesn't die, but falls into the world. The lesson is profound. Transformation always involves the falling away of things we have relied on, and we are left with a feeling that the world as we know it is coming to an end because it is. Yet the chick offers us the wisdom that the way to be born while still alive is to eat our own shell. When faced with great change in self, in relationship, in our sense of calling, we must somehow take in all that has enclosed us, nurtured us, incubated us. So when the new life is upon us, the old is within us. I love that reading so much. And it really reminds us that in those moments when our world is falling away, when the things that we've relied on, the ways that we've identified ourselves, the ways that we've calibrated ourselves, when all of those fall away, there is still something left. It feels like we're going to be left with nothing. And that's that fear story again, because we are left with something. We're left with the core of who we are and who we have always been. This week I was thinking about my own situation, all the things that are changing in my world. And I reminded myself that the greatest love story ever told is the one where I tell myself, you will be okay no matter what. And it's a really good story, whether I believe it or not. Until next week, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Before closing out of this episode today, make sure to take a second to like it, rate it, or leave a review. You can join me on Instagram and TikTok for daily journal prompts at love letters and mixtapes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider making a monthly donation to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode.